0: Welcome to The Friday Five. My name is Sarah Rupel, and you're listening to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. And The Friday Five is our weekly series. It's a list of five things you need to know about that happened this week. We've got a lot to cover this week, so we'll start out with number one on our list. There's a new director for CMS's Center of Medicare, She is Dr. Mina Sashimani, an MD who comes from the not-for-profit health industry. Dr. Sashimani also holds a PhD in health economics and comes from a post at MedStar Health most recently. She was the vice president of clinical care transformation there. CMS admin Chiquita Brooks-Lashore said of Dr. Sashimani, she, quote, brings her diverse background as a healthcare executive, health economist, physician and health policy expert to CMS, end quote. We'll have the link to the official CMS release in our episode notes. And in case you want to learn about how to lead in a crisis, Dr. Mina Seshamani recently spoke with Deb Gordon at Forbes about that as well as her pandemic experience. We will be linking to that article in our notes and you can choose whether you'd like to read that interview or listen to it. Number two. Senate Democrats have made their move on dental, vision, and hearing coverage coming into Medicare. It's in the framework of the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill recently announced that will also address climate change, facilitate new spending on physical infrastructure, among other Democratic initiatives. The bill is a pared-down version of the original $6 trillion proposal from late May. Details have yet to be disclosed, but the group that brought forth the legislation hopes to have the text of that bill to the CBO by the end of this week. Again, I will be watching for the full text on that bill to drop. I am eager to read more about how the bill plans to expand Medicare and fund that expansion. Number three, On the Amazon healthcare front, Amazon Care is reportedly in talks with several insurance carriers looking to add them as a covered health insurance benefit. Problem is, Amazon Care is new to the market, so carriers would prefer to use fee-for-service billing as they, and many of us, I'm sure, are curious if Amazon can lower prices. Amazon Care is currently set up as a mobile app, and it's not really able to handle fee-for-service billing. So Amazon is seeking value-based arrangements where plans pay based on the quality of care and care outcomes. Amazon Care is so far only available to Amazon employees right now, but the company has made it clear that it has an interest in the space. If it seems like Amazon is dabbling here and there, that seems to be the strategy right now. They're dipping their toes, trying to see where and how they'll fit into the industry and what they can really do to lower costs in the healthcare space. Number four, another week, and we're still talking about inflation. All eyes are currently on the economy. I don't think the Fed has ever felt so seen You've got media outlets hanging on every word of their meetings and subsequent media appearances. This week, the Fed reported on June numbers, and the consumer price index rose 5.4% in June. Economists were expecting a 5% increase, so the added 0.4% is the largest jump we've seen since right before the financial crisis in 2008. And then if you take out food and energy, It's more of a 4.5% increase, and that is the largest such increase since September of 1991. The estimate for this measure was at a 3.8% increase. So far, inflation is still with us, and the Fed has previously reported that they expected this through the end of the year and into next year. A lot of the talk in the article I saw this week really hinged on the word transitory, That had previously been used to describe how long this level of inflated prices might last, because many experts are thinking that it's not going to be such a transitory event. As the supply chain gets back to normal and low supply raises demand and price, many companies might have to pass that price increase on. Goldman Sachs put it this way, quote, In the face of rising input costs, companies have been defending margins by raising prices and passing higher input costs to their customers. In our Q1 Beige book, many companies discussed price increases, and we expect this trend will continue during Q2 earnings, end quote. One industry expert, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, thinks we might be seeing a higher inflation rate as the economy takes time to recover from the effects of the pandemic. In recent comments to Reuters, he said that if that were true, he thinks the Fed would have to change policy. As inflation continues to persist and rise, more industry experts are starting to think the Fed will have to intervene sooner than they have previously stated they would. Futures markets are looking at a rate increase at the end of 2022 rather than the beginning of 2023, as previously stated by the Fed. We'll be keeping an eye on inflation, and I'm sure that the deluge of articles on this subject will continue. So it looks like we will all be learning everything we ever wanted to learn about inflation and more in the coming weeks. And of course, We will be reporting back on the bits that are relevant here. Number five, if all this talk of inflation and the semi-post-pandemic state we are all in right now is making it hard for you to sleep, I completely understand, and I recently came across an article that might help. I don't have trouble falling asleep, but I do have trouble staying asleep, and depending on the dream I wake up from, well it takes time to get back to sleep. So two of the most common factors that affect the ability to sleep, stress, and anxiety. Check and check. I've got both of those. Many of us do. There are a few things that contribute to a poor night's sleep. Drinking alcohol during the evening is one. As your body metabolizes the alcohol in your system, it can often make you wake up while that's happening. Caffeine can do the same thing. 2 p.m. is a good cutoff time for caffeine, as that gives your body enough time to process it and get it out of your system for a good night's sleep. And then just liquid in general. Drinking too much liquid prior to going to bed will likely make you wake up in the middle of the night to run to the restroom. These are just some of the triggers that you can control that cause you to wake up in the middle of the night. But what can you do to get back to sleep? Don't go on your phone, and I am very guilty of that. It doesn't help. Not only can you get sucked into a good article, article after good article, the blue light from the screen is detrimental to your sleep schedule. And you also don't want to look at the clock. Try to relax, start listing things in your mind, something mundane that will get your mind off of the fact that you really ought to be getting back to sleep. Try a breathing exercise, add in counting. As cheesy as it sounds, if I ever get to the point that I start counting sheep, I'm usually asleep before I get too far. And then if you can't fall back asleep after 15 or 20 minutes, get up and do something that's quiet outside of bed. It'll remove the association of not being able to sleep in bed that can sometimes form. And then when you start to get tired while doing that activity, head back to bed. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention all the apps and, of course, podcasts that help with this very problem. Headspace and Calm are two that feature soothing and calming meditations for bedtime and other times of the day as well. And then in the podcast space, there is a lot of content. There are bedtime story podcasts for both adults and kids. Lately, we've been listening to Molly of Denali and Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls at bedtime, in addition to reading Geronimo Stilton and Lemony Snicket. But one of the newest kids' bedtime podcasts is a collaboration between Sesame Street and Headspace called Goodnight World, which I just found and followed, and we listened to our first episode last night. My daughter was asleep before the episode ended, and the guided meditation helped me to relax too, so we will be listening to that one again for sure. But there are also shows like Nothing Much Happens, mindless content read in a monotone voice with the sole focus on relaxing and boring you to sleep, essentially. Sleep is so essential, and if lack of sleep is a prolonged issue for you, I would encourage you to reach out to a sleep specialist to find out what's going on. As I've gotten older, I've learned that I need at least eight hours a night, and I don't feel bad about taking that time for myself anymore, but I certainly used to. We will have the links to all of those sleep resources we mentioned, along with all the other items we mentioned in this episode, in our notes, so be sure to check those out. As you're doing that, I would love it if you took the time to follow our podcast wherever it is you're listening right now. It's as easy as tapping on the little button that says follow or subscribe. It's completely free to do that. We love it when we get that notification that says we have new followers and subscribers. So for all of you who have done that, thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And we will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Ruppel. Script editing by Brianna Lowe. Artwork by Nick Smith.